What's up, guys? This is Juan with Full Send, and I got Kiefer here with Full Send, and yeah. I'm giving you hell today. Yeah, you are. I fucking lost track of what I'm fucking saying. <laughs> All right, roll the intro. <laughs> you want to try that over? Yeah. <laughs> you need to focus, Kiefer. No, I got some fuzz today. All right, go for it. What's up, guys? This is Juan and Keith on this episode of Full Send. I forgot what we're talking about. What is it? Um, Recovering from the pandemic. In the, or if our industry has recovered, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, stay tuned. And if you haven't hit the subscribe button, go ahead and hit the subscribe and hit the notification button. We drop every Wednesday. Let's get straight to the point. This is what you do and what you don't do. No bullshit. Sugar coat when it comes to repairs and maintenance. If I used to go to full sin, no edits, cause just go to full sin. And we'll get you done right. Full sin, and we'll get you going right. Full sin, keep it going day and night. If this ain't just a podcast, we get it right and keep it tight. All right. Ever rock scissors? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'll lose. So today we are talking about our industry. And seeing as we deal with manufacturers and vendors and other de- uh, parts dealers. Yeah. I wanted to know, across the board, have we as an industry recovered from the pandemic? Mm, Long story short, kind of, sort of, not really, yes. It's a hit and miss. Um, We are still dealing with some of, and which everybody knew was going to happen, is during the pandemic, we couldn't get parts. So what happened in 2021 is everybody started ordering container loads. And believe it or not, some of those containers are finally hitting some of the customers or the vendors uh ports or the vendors docks and they're getting stuck with these high priced trailer parts or components and it's not just happening for our industry it's happening all over the place you have this like high stock amount that you had ordered because there was nothing and it was at this extraordinarily high price and now you have other companies that have similar items that are undercutting this and you're stuck with this expensive inventory that you're gonna lose money on or you're not gonna move it And And this is how it's affecting our industry. And we're probably going to get into it more in over there at NATDA because I know a lot of the dealers, the trailer dealers want to talk about it and they have a lot of concerns is they're the trailer manufacturers are getting stuck with this high inventory value items, such as your couplers, your axles, tired wheels, fenders, jacks, the whole works. Even the price of metal, some of the metal that they have is still from the pandemic era, which was at a higher rate. And Extremely high rate. Yeah. And what is that's causing is a lot of these uh, dealers have that old inventory that is at a higher rate that is causing or slowing them down on flipping that, that uh, inventory over. So usually if a trailer was, let's just say pre-pandemic, $4,000, 
During it's the now, pandemic, it was probably about six thousand, seven thousand. Yeah. Um, what it's causing is that people are not wanting to buy like they were before, causing them to. So I know some dealers <laughs> up north who would normally stock anywhere from one hundred and fifty to two hundred trailers now are dwindled down to seventy five max. Well, then you have on the flip side of that because our industry did have quite a big boom during the pandemic with people buying trailers, buying parts. That, that was some of the best months we had seen up to that point was during the pandemic because people were trying to find some way to get money and do things and yeah. get out of the house. So you have this, the standard that people adapted to instead of selling 10 trailers a month, they sold 70 trailers a month, or instead of building a hundred trailers a month, they were able to build 200 and they've stacked and stacked and stacked upon that. And now that this, the market is saturated, they're sitting on hundreds of trailers that they can't get yeah. rid of. So, so that's another issue that came from it. <clears throat> like I was at the uh, PRI in October last year. That's the racing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, SEMA for race cars. Yeah. But the, there at the show, there was a lot of your cargo trailers or auto or car hauler, uh, enclosed car haulers. And they deal with a lot of, I mean, the uh, enclosed trailer manufacturers are the ones who build a enclosed car haulers. So yeah, they were talking that a lot of their vendors or a lot of their dealers are having that same issue of they have higher inventory. They can, they're sitting on inventory from 2001, 2002, 2021, 2022. Oh, yeah. 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 My I'd bad. say those are vintage trailers yeah, by no, now. Two, uh, 2021, 2022. <clears throat> and, but they're pushing out. They can't flip that inventory and they're having, they're pushing out some of their newer inventory that's coming out. That's same trailer, but a thousand dollars cheaper, $2,000 cheaper because the price of those parts have come down. So the industry in itself parts wise has leveled out on the dealer side, manufacturer side, when they're trying to move their inventory, you still have some of that high dollar, high value inventory sitting out there that hasn't moved. And then and with that, you have some of the greedier companies that had that higher price. But now that things are cheaper, they've kept that higher price. And yeah. that doesn't help either because when they can go to company A and get it for $6,000, why would they go to company B that's selling the same exact trailer, no extras, no features, no nothing, for 8 to 10 Yeah. Because that was the standard. That's where they hit. That's what they sold for. That's where they want to keep it. And so- as we recover, we've and got with to with that, uh, not to cut you off, but with that, you've seen many of these uh, vendors or dealers um, have switched on who they were playing with, like fucking Digimon cards or Pokemon cards. They're fucking trading them out. Baseball cards. Well, I was with, and this has no relation to the story, but you know, I was with PJ. Now I'm with uh, Liberty or I am with, I was with big techs. Now I'm with uh, diamond C or I'm with, Texas Pride, and now I'm with so-and-so, or I'm with so-and-so, now I'm with Texas Pride. So it, it's it's going all across the board. No one's perfect by no means, but it all goes back to the dealers are feeling like they're not being taken care of by the by the manufacturers in trying to flip some of that older inventory. And a lot of times it goes back to, you know, communicating and just letting oh, yeah, know what's going and on. When we look at it, this is where adapting to our circumstances comes in. Yeah. Yes, prices are always going to fluctuate, especially on steel. 
especially on imports because of tariffs, taxes, shipping. There's so many variables involved. But being able to bring that product at a decent price to the consumer, we're not going to have the same prices that we had in the middle of the pandemic because our cost isn't that high anymore, right? If we're going to try to do the best that we can for our customers, we're going to adapt to that and bring those prices back down. And you see a lot of auto dealerships doing that again. Some of them still have the $70,000 base F-150 that's been on the lot for three years because that's what the bank has in it. But they're selling the new stuff that's regular priced again without the stupid, ridiculous markups. Same thing for an axle. Same thing for, you know, a, a flatbed deck over trailer. You're going to have to find a way to adapt to get those out. Maybe it's spreading that cost across everything else so, until I you've mean, recovered. Yes. One of the ways I know that some of them are, have been trying to adapt is they offer uh, some of these finance companies are offering some stupid deals. Um, and especially with people who have bad credit or no credit or just starting up. I mean, their monthly notes are high as shit, but. I mean, if it's getting your feet wet and getting the ground moving and getting you into the hot shot business or into the demolition business as far as, uh, you know, hauling off trash. The roll-offs or, and yeah, dumpster trailers, yeah. Or even car haulers or, you know, <laughs> landscape companies. Um, they're It's like a rent to own or rent to buy and higher interest, higher stuff. But it's that there it's helping some of these dealerships or trailer dealers flip some of that inventory off and, you know, getting them some, some of that money back. Um, you know, what would be interesting and this is a rabbit trail here, but if they have that inventory, why not start a rental department? Of some your dealership? Of and Hey, I have a 20 foot dumpster that I can't get rid of. Guess what? We have three of those. We are going to rent that out day rates. Boom. Extra so, income. It'll eventually pay for itself. Yes, I've I've seen some do it, and then some have been hesitant on doing that because it goes to, so if you have a customer of yours that buys all his roll-offs from you, and he's local, and then you're taking, you start, you're, you're taking money you out start of his doing pocket. that. <clears throat> well, when he when Joe Blow wants to go buy some more cans, where's he going to go? Where's he going to go? Someone hey, else is he going to go to you who is stealing money out of his po- pocket in some way or fashion? Because now you've opened up that. I mean, and I, I've, I, get I've that. Seen, I get that. That's that. That's a rough, rocky little yeah. terrain to navigate there. If if you're in a, in a big city, I, I I can see some of these dealerships doing that. In some of your rural areas, where you know small small mom and pops places like here in Madisonville or you know some of these smaller towns, I mean, I I doubt that some of these dealers will do that just because they don't want to risk that. Uh, crossing lines between their customers. So the idea with that would be position it to where that guy that has 40, 40 roll off dumpsters and six trailers, when he gets overbooked, Hey, we have one ready to rent for our good customers. Boom. Now, granted, then you're being selective, you know, your VIP customers making other people not get the participation trophy. It's a cash 22. Anyway, you look at it, you're going to have, and that's one thing that I've learned. You're not going to be able to please everybody. But you got to be, when you make that decision, you have to stand stand your ground and go with it. Oh, 100%. So dealers, manufacturers, 
there's some ups and downs and fluctuations still yeah. because of it. You know, the, the pricing, the materials, um, when they got it, where they got it from, the price they paid, the price now. What about us here at the Trailer Parts Outlet with, you know, because we're main, we're 100% parts, probably 85, 90% e-commerce, right? What have, what have we seen in the recovery of this? Like, what are we still struggling with? What have we, what are we completely done with? How are we recovering from the pandemic? I mean, for the most part, I'd say we've, we've been fortunate that the part side of stuff has kind of all your high priced parts has washed away. A lot of your vendors. And even with us, I mean, like you said earlier, sometimes you have to just wash that loss and just, you know, Hey, we're going to lose on this. That's fine. It's part of doing business. Do yeah. you always want to do that? No, but you can't sit on high valued inventory and expect to flip it when Joe blow down the road as the same two hundred dollars cheaper. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, have we always came on top of stuff? No, we have taken some losses on some things, but doing those losses has enabled us to refresh our inventory to where we have low cost items to where we can lower our prices, yeah. to where we can be more competitive with everybody out there on the market. And then, what I've noticed is a lot of, you have a lot of more people doing the same thing, having the same mentality of, Hey, let's take our loss on this and just flip the inventory and, and get more, more and fresh inventory in, in. In our, in our line of stuff, we've actually had the chance to consolidate, you know, what, um, what products we're actually offering, and actually look at what's sold, what hasn't sold, where are we making profit at, that kind of stuff. And throughout the pandemic, with us not being able to get stuff, started coming in again, we were able to see the the, the market share that our products are actually hitting with us and like the percentage of what we're selling and be able to hone in on the solutions we can offer. Um, and I think that's one of the biggest things that came out of the pandemic, the shortages, the pricing, all that stuff. It kind of gave us a, you know, a narrow view of, this is what we do and this is what we do well. Um, and I think that's something that a lot of people overlook with their businesses is that time period really showed like for us, it's the solutions that we offered and what we offered well and what our customers really wanted, what they were asking for at that time, because we were short a little bit of stuff, but we had stocked up. We saw this, yeah. you know, we saw that coming and you can listen to previous episodes of women in the trailer industry and, uh, Actually, I think a couple episodes of the more you know that we kind of talked about some of that stuff. Um, but going into it, it was a freak out for most people. You know, we can't get this. We can't get that shipping. I mean, up until up until last year, shipping was still chaotic, trying to get stuff through the ports, getting stuff from overseas. Yeah. Um, I think... In Galveston, there were, what, 30, 40, 50 freighters just waiting to get in. And we had a container on there that it took three weeks to get from there to here. Um, but people want to focus on the negatives that happened during that time. When there's a lot of positives that came out of it. Yeah, we took losses. Yeah, we struggled. But at the same time, we grew in the fact that we knew our, sol our solutions that we can offer and yeah. what we do well. And we've, we've ever been able to hone our business towards those things. 
Yeah, no, most definitely. Your mentality and your your way of thinking, you had to adapt real quick. Or not real quick, but you had to adapt to the situation at hand, whether low inventory, you know, where, where am I? You had to think outside the box of where you're going to get it. Um, all right, well, I can get part A from here, part B from here, part C from here, and then I'll put everything here together and I'll, I'll make one complete kit. Or, you know, you had... One thing that the pandemic did do was a lot of your manufacturers started talking a, a lot more and helping each other out. Yep. Um, you know, we're all going through this as a whole, whether you're uh, well, company the, A or company B or company C, we're all in this together. Yeah. The age old mentality of, well, you're in the same thing that I do. I'm not talking to you. Yeah. It went to, hey, there's enough business for everybody right now. We need to work together. We need to get this stuff out. We need to work together to yeah. make our all of our customers happy. And that's that's one of the cooler things that came out of it. You know, these companies that are been backstabbing each other for decades at war, finally, hey, truce, white flag. Hey, you got this. I got that. Let's do this. And um, so I think as a whole, we've recovered but there's still some loose ends yeah we're i would say we're about 85 to 90 percent recovered um as far as in the parts side uh like i said manufacturing manufacturing um, dealers are still in the thick of it trying to figure yeah. out what to do um because there's overstock there's understock you can't get this there's and too much of that like i said if you are a dealership if you're a trailer dealer or even a trailer manufacturer um, we'd love to get your insight on it. I have some dealers who have reached out with concerns and in return, um, I've reached out to some close friends that I have in the trailer manufacturing industry and, um, share their, their dealers concerns with them to get some of their feedback. And, you know, I'm not saying that I'm a bridge the gap, but what my goal is to be able to build that bridge to where there's that open line of communication where It'd be a resource. Yeah. Be that where they can be transparent with each other and not, not get feelings hurt. Not saying that anybody is getting their feelings hurt, but just to where they can openly talk about what their true concerns are. Yeah. hundred percent. And that's, that, that, that's, awesome. that's an awesome thing. As always, y'all can find us, uh, any radio stream podcasts, YouTube. If you want to reach out to Juan and talk to him about dealerships, manufacturing parts, that kind of stuff, his information is, in the uh, description below. And as always, we'll see you on the next one. Yeah. Till later.